Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. And here we are again with the health and wellness for the golden age. And we are a golden age group. We've got Jerry on, and we've got Clementina and Colin and everybody else coming on because this is the time that we can shine. We're starting with another president of a corporation, and it's a very exciting day, the 20th of January. And it's funny, at school, I have a Monday, Wednesday, Wednesday class, and I had transferred the addition of one class on a Wednesday to another class on a Wednesday, but earlier in the morning. And the guy dropped me that afternoon when I just added myself. (laughs) It was really funny. But uh, then he got my email and and he told me what to study. I should study, but it was, uh, it was kind of funny to have him drop me the same day I had it. But he wouldn't have known because it's uh, the first week we had, a, a blizzard. Now, Jerry, you're in Iowa, and Clementina and Colin, you're in the north, and you know what blizzards are. Now, three snowflakes is a blizzard in the south. <laughs> so you know, it was. I only had like an inch to maybe an inch and a half. Some areas had uh, deeper. It was six inches supposedly. But you could still get around. I went all the way up to Greenville, which is a major city up north, uh, uh, south of us, and I was all over the place in my car because it's not that much snow, as you know. So we had a we had a snow day. We couldn't go to college on Monday. The <laughs> snowstorm, get this, the snowstorm was on Saturday. We had all day Sunday. And they still closed the school on Monday. And then, <laughs> I mean, you, you know the humor. And then on Tuesday, we had a late start. Now, excuse me, I'm looking around. Where's the snow? Where's the snow? <laughs> so then we had Martin Luther King this last Monday. So that was another Monday we lost. So it's, it's been funny. Very funny. I said, maybe, maybe we'll have two classes next week, I said to my teacher. (laughs) I can see the education is having a problem. (laughs) It is having a problem. And then then this this audio, uh, actually it was on uh, YouTube, it was a suggestion from Emily, and I went on and I got on to another video, which I often do, and it was talking all about economics. Yes, uh, not all about it, but of economics. And I didn't notice the year. I'll have to go back and check the year. However, what is one of my classes that I'm studying? Macro 
economics. And what is he talking about? What is he talking about? But all employment. We only have a 4% employment thing. I almost opened my mouth and put my foot into it. I said, it's like 19% with Obamacare. Uh, I'm not Obamacare, but with Obama in here. But see, with um, I think with Trump, so many companies are wanting to come back now. And I think we're going to have a, uh, really are going to have a change where Obama, his change I, is I downward. So <clears throat> you think so too? Okay, cool. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Everybody, we do have uh, Jerry on my head. I have a headset on. It's a Bluetooth. So you're going to hear live from Jerry in Iowa. And uh, can I tell him you had a stroke last week and she's repairing yeah, her? On the, possibly the first of the year. Oh. And I sounded like I had a hangover. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't drink, girls and boys. <laughs> but I had slurred speech. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And my well, face kind of went crooked. Now yeah. I have exercises to do, and I I should exaggerate my speeching as a exercise to That's help good. myself. I have improved some already. Oh yeah, uh, Jerry called me. What I don't know two two days or three days ago, and uh, we spoke, Jerry, remember? And right. it, it was hard to understand Jerry at that time. She's as clear as she used to be years ago that we've been to you. So you're good. You're doing much better. Yeah. Much, much better. Oh, wow. Her son was there, and he got on the phone because he knew she needed what I was saying translated for her to get it. So there's a big difference even in that, right, Jerry? You're able to right. understand. Yeah, see? yeah, he was a big help to me. Excellent. Yeah, his name is, I, was, I thought it was Gerald because he sounded oh, so much. Yeah, because he sounded so much like Gerald. I said, Gerald? And he said, no, no, this is Gregory, his son. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was really sweet of him. And we got your phone number and everything, so we're set. And then, um, but where we are today, we're going to, Colin has prepared for us about silver and gold and what it is for us to be a little bit, again, more tuned in to what we need to know about the art of having the metals. So, uh, Colin, are you ready? Are you awake? <laughs> he is. Basically. <laughs> oh, basically. <laughs> okay, basically. But Colin is has been dealing in metals and coinage for years. And so Good. he's not new to him. He's been really, really a real connoisseur in it. So I I want to turn it over to Colin. So give us a an education and all of it. It's all on the recording so that we can learn more from you. Go ahead, Colin. Hit it. 
Paul is going to talk about silver and gold coins. You want to listen? Are you coming on, Gerald? He's getting his headphones on. It helps him to hear. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Good morning, Gerald. <laughs> Speaker uh, Turner. She yeah. said good morning to you. Okay. Get all our headsets and Colin get all his material ready. <laughs> you ready, Gerald? I'm uh, listening to you. Okay. 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 Get my harness on here. <laughs> yeah. That's the way I feel about my headset. Thanks. Now <laughs> <laughs> I can hear you. Okay. You're on. Okay, Colin. What is it about the coins that we should get that is easy for us to understand? Sort of. okay. All right. So, the gold and silver coins that were issued by the United States Mint uh, since 1937, I mean, correction, 1837, have been 90% gold or silver and 10% copper. Copper is to harden them, so they wear. Uh, basically, these coins have a fineness of them. Uh, I'm sure uh, Jerry has uh, remembers the nickels that were issued from 1942 to 1945. They are 35% silver. And uh, their fineness is, uh, they contain, each coin contains 0.056 ounces of silver. Get the price of it. Right now, uh, the spot price is 17.05. So that makes a, a wartime nickel worth 96 cents. The dimes, their fineness is uh, 0.072 ounces in each in a, in, a, in a silver dime. That makes their value sitting at one dollar and 23 cents. Quarters, they're, 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 they contain 1.181 ounces. And they have a, a, a value by, by silver value of $3.07. This is as of right now. The spot price is $17.05. It's a little bit higher than that, but basically that's what it is. We have two half dollars. The 
90% half dollar, which was issued up to 1964, contains 0.362 ounces of silver. And they have a value right now of $6.15. The other half dollar contains silver, was issued from 1965 till 1970. And they contain 0.148 ounces. They're only at 40%. Their value right now is $2.51. Then, of course, there's the dollar. The only ones that mean anything so that, that, would, that might be available today are the uh, Morgan and Peace Silver Dollars. I'm sure just about everybody on this call knows what those two coins are. And they have a silver content of 0.773 ounces per coin. And they are valued at $13.15 just for their silver content. And uh, on the nickels, they were only only the ones issued between uh, the last part of 1942 to the entire year of 1945. That is the the main identification for them is that the mint mark is on the reverse of the coin, and it is above the dome of Jefferson's uh, uh, home. And uh, this was the first coin that actually had a P to indicate the, the mintage at Philadelphia. Hmm. The other two mints, mint marks are Denver for D and San Francisco is S. And... Uh, Gold is sitting at $1,203.86 as of uh, right now. And this last setting was done at 9.05.48 Eastern Time. Today? Today. Wow. Yeah. So, now, <laughs> there's the website that I'm looking at right now. Called goldprice.com. And this covers the spot prices. <laughs> At, and it lists, yeah, it lists a bunch of things. They sell the metal. Uh, we've got a lot of different good, good, good articles on there. And one of them at the bottom of the page under a section called Library Articles for First Buyers. And at the bottom of that particular list is uh, Junk Silver Coins. Title of it. What are they worth and how to buy them in one in, uh, in bag?
and it goes it basically goes into the thing there. It covers the Morgan and Peace dollars. And then there are the quarters that covers is the Liberty Head uh, quarter, the Walking Liberty quarter, and the Franklin uh, half dollar, you know, and the Franklin half. So, yeah, Liberty Head, uh, the Liberty Head and Walking Liberty uh, quarters and the Franklin half dollars. Kennedy half dollar for 1964 is 90%, and from uh, uh, 1965 to 1970, it was 40%. Now, when you're... Can I ask a question here? Because I, I don't understand the percent part. I can probably do it math wise, but I don't I don't get why they're doing the percent. It was that because you started out with saying something about copper to make it hard. Now is yeah, that why it's yeah. percent or right. what is that yeah. about? Well, it's not pure silver because pure silver is too soft. Okay. So they they, they the coin metal is for, for all practical purposes is ninety percent. of it is silver and ten percent of it's copper. Mm-hmm. And for the half dollars, we got the Liberty Head, Walking Liberty. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone here knows what they are. Maybe maybe Clintina doesn't, because they were before her time. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the uh, Liberty Head uh, uh, and and the Liberty Head uh, coins are all constitute the half dollar, the the quarter and the dime. They used it. They were they were it was uh they had a designer that designed all three of the coins. Then they were superseded. Uh, walking Liberty or Standing Liberty is used uh is in uh, half dollars and quarters. And when I was young they were uh, still circulating. And of course, the Franklin half dollar took over in 1948. Or let me look at that up. Let me look at that. 45 or 48? I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. No. Sorry about that. Okay. The Liberty Head. Half dollars were minted until no 1915 was their last year, and then the the Walking Liberty took over. It went to 1947. So the uh, Franklin started in 1948. But uh, you can purchase these, and of course, you know there is the uh, Jefferson the, the the Jefferson nickel that was wartime issue. Gained 35% silver, 42 to 45 only. Uh, you can purchase them. A $1 bag of 90% coins contains 0.715 ounces of silver. A $100 bag contains 71.5 troy ounces. A $500 bag contains 357.5 troy ounces. And a $1,000 bag contains 715 troy ounces. Now, these are 
Okay, the hundred, the five hundred, and the, and the and the one thousand dollar is based on the face value of the coin. And uh, on the uh, basis of that, a thousand dollar bag, seven hundred and fifteen, uh, containing seven hundred and fifteen ounces of silver. The silver content would be. It cost you, cost you twelve thousand one hundred and ninety dollars and seventy five cents. It's the present price right now. And these are sold as investment units. But well, people how? Have, Go well, ahead. You know, people have the uh, who do buy these. You know, they obviously have the money to, you know, to to invest and save, but they don't trust the banks or or you know for other reasons. And they'll buy one of these bags, and they will invest twelve hundred, roughly twelve hundred, twelve thousand two hundred dollars in a bag containing a face value of one thousand dollars. So you can see just how much our money has been devalued. What you can see. Well, now uh, a question on the fact that they're encouraging us to get silver coins or silver. Um, I think years ago you brought out a very interesting point about the fact that if we have silver coins, the government, corporation, could come in and take it away from us because in a dire situation, and I'm using quotes when I say the word in that way, they would uh, confiscate the coins we have for their betterment. Is this right. still true? They will also do this if you are if you are holding paper paper currency as, as cash, physical cash. They will, if they can, they will try to confiscate it. So what I've learned from uh, listening to some of the videos, especially when FDR came in and said, "Bring me your gold, bring me your gold," it was really the businesses that were supposed to bring their gold in and the people did not know the difference and ergo they fought in their gold if people had kept their mouth shut not said anything they would not have had their gold confiscated is this true yeah. still today yeah well the well gold was nationalized in 1933 and uh the uh Actually, at a certain point, I, I'm not, I don't remember exactly when, but silver was uh, also uh, nationalized. And for a while there, it was a crime. The uh, only way you could have gold was if you had a, a license from the treasury, like a jeweler would have, or, you know, or if you had a, collect, a coin collection. And uh, we had a gentleman here who, who was in the casino business, and uh, there was a burglary at his house here in Reno, and they found six and one half million silver dollars in a vault in his basement. 
and uh, they they used the tax they used the, uh, the the charge of income tax evasion to steal it from them, right? And uh, so that was that was another one there. But he you know he he uh, the casinos he owned every silver dollar that came through there was pulled for him. And, but he had, uh, didn't he have to replace it basically to cover yeah, that pull? Well, yeah, he, he just bought it from his corporation. He just, you know, right. he gave him $1 in paper for a, one, a silver dollar. Right. Mm-hmm. No, legally, that's all it is. That's all it is. Now, there is another silver dollar been issued since the, the mid 1980s. It's called the uh, uh, yeah. All right, all right. All that memory. Yeah, it's a, but it, this 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 coin contains one troy ounce of silver. Its purity is point nine 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 three. Wow. And uh, that has a legal tender value of one dollar. But right now, that coin, just from the silver content, is seventeen dollars and five cents. Yeah, our lovely politicians have devalued our money that much. Yeah. However, with the fact that if there is a realignment or whatever they're going to be calling it for us to be doing these things, what is the um, amount that any of us can have? Like all these people are buying gold and silver and gold and all this other wonderful stuff, but is it all going to be stolen from them by the government? By the corporation? Well, if they, they if they think they can get away with it, and uh, you don't hide it well enough. <laughs> well, obviously this guy had it hidden, and it was a burglary that opened it up yeah. to him. Mm-hmm. Now he went to he went to prison for five years, and. Uh, uh, he identified okay, every prison as a lifer in there that ain't never getting out. And most of them have uh, organized crime connections. Right. And they're usually in there for murder or similar crimes. And uh, his general, the general title for them is Don Benton. And he basically runs the prison. The Don. <laughs> yes. And uh, LeVere Redfield went to the Don Venton of the prison he was put in. And uh, uh, Redfield's lawyer contacted the Don Venton's lawyer. And uh, Don Venton was paid to protect 
Levere Redfield while he was in prison. Nobody bothered Levere Redfield while he was in prison. He did every day of that sentence. And when he finished it, the government's claim was was settled, and he got to keep all that money. Oh, they didn't take it away from him? He served a sentence. They had to return it. Oh, I didn't know that. See? See, that's an interesting point. Uh, to me, when now, people... But here's, the, but, yeah. but here's the thing. Because here in Nevada, if you're a felon, you cannot own even a small, even a 1% a one, a one interest in a casino. Your licensing oh. is revoked. Oh, yes, 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 yes. See, he lost his business is what he lost. Right. They had to return the money. But they made him a pauper. Yeah, they tried, yeah. His money was put away. And by the way, Mm -hmm. he was evading taxes. (laughs) He was. (laughs) Excuse me. Taxes. (laughs) Voluntary. <laughs> yeah. But he, but he wouldn't turn over. He wouldn't roll over. Good. Good. Um, does anybody have any questions on what we've gone over so far? And if you are interested in purchasing anything, this is a, a time to get some uh, feedback on it. Uh, yeah, you, go ahead, ask a question. Does Gerald have one? No. Okay. One of the things that has always puzzled me about um, all of this rate, I have some coinage, and I bought it 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. I bought it sometime in the 90s, I think, or late 80s. And um, I just hid it away. It's $20. That's all it's worth. Uh, you know, the the accumulative face value is $20. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you something about it? Yeah. When I was in... Uh... Las Vegas, I was stationed north uh, northwest of our Las Vegas, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. And uh, when you got paid down there and you cashed your check, you got paid in silver dollars. Mm-hmm. That was common. But at the same time, you really got a lot of money because I got $32 a month. Wow. Filthy rich. They paid you in silver dollars so that you could spend them at Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. A number of places did that. A friend was in the Air Force, and uh, the base, he was in a base in Illinois, and the town that was nearby 
was was really screwing the GIs over, really. And, I think uh, that uh, they all ought to be paid just like I was. Right. I had Here's a thousand people to take care of. I yeah. was CPR, and I got thirty-two dollars a month. Yep. His, uh, uh, you know, the rents were, you know, uh, GI had to pay twice the, the rate for a rent to, for rental housing, and uh, uh, had to pay higher prices in food than the civilian component of the population had to. It was just rank discrimination. And the base commander got fed up with it, and he ordered everybody who was living off base to either send their families home or move them on the base, and they had to move on the base. And he kept them on the base for two months. Didn't pay them. He held up the pay. If you had, you know, food for your family, you just went to the uh, uh, PX. You know, you went to the PX or the or the commissary, and you signed a chit. And when the pay was finally released, you know that was deducted from your pay. And uh, after two months, the civilian community had no money coming in from the base payroll, and they were getting they were hard up. And then when the general did release the pay, and they had paid them, they were paid in silver dollars. They were paid on a Friday, and Monday morning, the banks were flooded with silver dollars. And they learned their lesson. They quit discriminating against the GIs. <laughs> that, it's a hard lesson. If it hits you in your pocket, it will change your attitude. And that's what, exactly what where we are today. Is it hitting everybody in the pocket? When I was in L.A., we said, because our prices were already up high for gas, for housing, for our cars, every, you name it, it was high in California. And so many people were saying, well, what's wrong with the rest of the country? Don't they understand this? They said it's not hitting their pocketbook. When it hits their pocketbook, you will hear a different song. And he, the person who said it, and of course I don't know who, remember who that was, but it was the point that was made. When it affects the pocketbook, the attitude changes, and that's exactly where where that base commander was far ahead in any economy. Yep. Now, since we've been talking, spot price is going. Yeah. Since we've been talking. Spot price has gone up to one penny for cell phones. Mm-hmm. So we we already made money. Oh yeah, yeah. But here's the thing: the spot price for gold or silver or platinum or pal- or palladium is the value in a fiat currency. And it, you know, the difference between having seventeen dollars and six cents of fiat currency versus one ounce of gold is the one ounce of gold never changed or silver 
never change that never changes. You have a physical one ounce coin or or bullion bar. The value the value of the fiat money fluctuates. Correct. Now that the price has raised and you have this silver in your hand and the price has raised, what is the um, factor, us keeping it quiet, being below the radar, et cetera, what will happen on something like that? All right. If it comes to the point where we have inflation, a massive amount of inflation, and, and basically the paper money becomes toilet paper, okay, when you start bartering, because that's what you'll be doing, your silver coins, you will you'll be able to get a loaf of bread for either one wartime nickel or one dime. Gallon of milk, same way. Gasoline, 20 or 25 cents in silver. Two dimes or a quarter for a gallon. Those of us who are old enough remember those times. I remember when I, I remember when I would be sent to the store for uh, a gallon of milk and four loaves of bread. We'd have, uh, you know, it would cost a dollar and a quarter right. for a gallon of milk and uh, four loaves of bread. I got a thing to kick in here if you got time. Yeah. Now, and here's another way to look at it. Colin, minute, Colin what? Colin, let uh, Gerald say something right now, okay, to All add right. to what you just said. Go ahead. I used to sell gasoline for eight cents a gallon. <laughs> right. Yeah. Back in the uh, 20s and 30s, in the 40s. In the 30s. Yeah, that's what it was. And right now, the gas prices, how much more just for the tax? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All tax. Taxes. All, All tax. about tax. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The thing of it is, when I moved from where I live to California, the California did not burn gas. They burned uh, uh, propane ah. instead of polluting the air their engines run 80, 90, 100,000 where the rest of our engines was maybe getting 30,000 wow what a difference isn't it well, it's also the fact that L.A. and Southern California was so polluted as a direct result of using gasoline and uh, putting in all the buses, which was, again, another one of the ploys that they used. Well, use the, there's gasoline. another part of that, and that is they update cars all the time. And when they update and they change the pollution, 
I had to pass the laws just to work at a uh, run a station. And one of the ladies wanted to take her uh, sports car down to L.A. She got a job. I said, leave your car here, buy a junker down there, it will pass. <laughs> 1,000 miles unless they had to her change her car and it blew it up in one week. Wow. Money, wow. money, 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 money. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Yeah. I but bought one see. of the top-end analysers in San Francisco. I got number two, I think. I took it down, and do you know that the $2,300 that it cost, I could do everything better with a $67 gauge. There you are. The suckers won't know what we're doing. Yeah. Well, you, you, your cars are just like people. Mm-hmm. There isn't one of them that they look alike, they might think you're buying the same thing, but each of the, that's why you buy a balanced engine, mm-hmm. because they're not alike. I could fix them so that the, when you stepped on the pedal, it would get better gas mileage, but it would burn rubber right there. You could hook this other machine up to it, and you couldn't burn rubber, but you'd sure burn gasoline. Wow. Yeah. There was a car writer in the 40s and 50s into the 60s called Tom McCahill. He wrote for Popular Mechanics and and, uh, Popular Science, did a lot of that kind of stuff. He had a 1948 Cadillac that got 25 miles to the gallon in the city. 30 wow. on the height. And this was with a full-size V8. I had a person that bought two cars when he bought a car. He bought one for himself, one for his wife. But he run a business. And when they got ready to go on their first uh, vacation, Well, his car was kind of a mess, and so they drove her car, and they went to Florida, and he was driving, and he said, kept tapping the gas gauge because the gas gauge wasn't going down, and he finally pulled in, and they filled it up, and he said, do you always get that kind of gas mileage? And his wife said, I just fill it up when I need it. (laughs) So they got back home, and he said, that was going to be a keeper. And he said, I forgot all about it. The guy come along, and he said, I bought two new cars. And his wife called him and said, there's something wrong with my car. It can't pass the gas station. (laughs) So he went down and checked it, and they took it back to the dealer, and the dealer said, well, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to. But you see, 
that Oldsmobile before got over 50 miles to the gallon. And when he went down and he said, well, put the old stuff on my new car, it was already gone. It had skipped through the line some way, got away from them. Right. Wow. That's what it was. Uh, right now, there's a bunch of hillbillies in North Carolina that are laughing their asses off at us. Pardon the French, but uh, that's what they're doing. Because they're with the old car, you know, the I'm like what I've got. I've got a uh, 73 Dodge Power Wagon. And with this alcohol cut fuel, it's getting about nine, between nine and ten gallon miles to the gallon on the highway. It's getting about six on the on the in the city. And uh, using those same kinds of vehicles in uh, North Carolina, one of their number designed and built a carburetor, and they're very much under the radar. And they're getting a minimum of 50 miles per gallon in. And in the smaller cars, they're getting over 100 miles per gallon. They're just laughing at the rest of us. Where but, are they located? <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point. You've got to know somebody. Uh, get a recommendation. And they vet you to make sure you're not a spy trying to find out who they are. Excellent. Right? They do it. Well, they're so far ahead. They know more about this stuff than anybody, and they don't. And uh, the thing of it is, they've done that on our dollar, and yet we're not the ones to tell them what to do anymore. They do yeah. what they want to. Yeah, sure. If you say the Pledge of Allegiance is to the Republic, and anything yeah. other than that is not legal. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, yeah. <coughs> uh, there was another incident that took place, uh, like you described. A guy had it. Uh, he bought a car. It slipped. It slipped out. It was a test car, and it was getting 100 miles to the gallon. And he was contacted by the manufacturer, and they kept trying to to buy it back, and he refused. <laughs> And uh, he went away for the weekend. He stole it. His, uh, you know, and his wife had to have a car, so he left that one with her. And she was, uh, while she was asleep one night, while while he was gone, they slipped into his garage and pulled the carburetor off and replaced it with a standard one. There was nothing he could do. Yep. Isn't that a nice situation? Yeah, yeah. that's called domestic terrorism. <laughs> yeah, they've been doing this. They've been doing this for for years. They've been able to do this. Like I said, Tom McKay Hill's 1948 Cadillac got uh, 25 miles to the gallon in the city. Best just smile and say, well. I don't check it. I have a Volkswagen, and my Volkswagen needs 
needs a chin strap to keep the oil in the front, and it needs a depends to keep the gasoline in the tank or the water in the tank, and it needs earmuffs for when the uh, alarm goes off and goes off and goes off and goes off. And go- oh, oh, that's my Volkswagen. <laughs> Are there any other questions or uh, you may think this is silly, but uh, it's really invaluable for you to understand atomic, to comprehend the, the value of what both Gerald and Colin have been sharing. The stats are stats that Colin shared. The reality are what Gerald and Colin have now shared because if there is a resetting. Now, with with Trump, we don't know. I think so much has been taken away because Obama was not able to succeed in the falderall that he was attempting. So maybe, maybe something better is coming along that we can value in our lives. Right. So I, I only can encourage each of you, keep getting educated. Keep yeah. Think about it. Do the stuff you need to do. You were going to say something, Colin? Yes. Okay. In 1900, you could take a $20 gold piece, go into a a store. You know what? You know the general store, which which is you know what was the play in place of the supermarkets back then, especially out here. You could literally buy just about anything in those stores. And you could take a $20 gold piece, walk into that store, buy a brand new Colt revolver in the caliber of your choice, a holster, cartridge belt, cleaning kit, and uh, 100 cartridges, and get change back from that $20 coin. To do the same thing today will cost you, from Colt, will cost you in an excess of $1,500. That is how much the purchasing power has been destroyed. This is why knowledge is power. Okay. You see, on, t- on top of that was when you got hurt in the, in the war back, way back, you got four dollars a year to support yourself. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Now, the writer who who's the who's the main writer for the TV show, The Waltons. Okay. Yeah. When he was a boy in the nineteen in the early nineteen thirties, his brother developed appendicitis needed an appendectomy. That operation had a total cost of $22. Wow. You do it today, it's twenty, twenty-five thousand or more. And this is because at that time money was so scarce. But the value, you have to look at the value of that dollar for the the 50s or 60s. 
It's actually the same amount. It's just, as you're saying, the inflation has made it look like you've got a lot more money. You don't have any more money. Yeah. Hey, I remember uh, I was too young. You know, they don't, no, no, no dealer would, no, no store would sell it to me because I wasn't 21. But in 1966, the, the, uh, recommend, the, uh, MSRP, manufacturer's suggested retail price for a model 1911-45 automatic was $96. Same one today is uh, starts for the lower brands at around seven, six or seven hundred, and it goes up to up to three thousand. Well, what happened in 19, before 1906 and around that area, uh, I got some paperwork that you could buy. I had a uh, uh, book from a hardware store, and you could buy a, a box of shells for a 22 for three cents. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> there was another one in, in uh, 1900, 1910. And early before that, you could go Sears and Roebuck or Montgomery Wards or J.C. Penney's, and you could buy a single-shot 22 rifle, major brands, for uh, $3.50 to $5. If you wanted a fancy one, it would cost you $5, and you got you went down to the uh, Western Union, bought a money order, and licked the, licked the stamp. Sent it to the factory, and it was shipped to you in a plain brown wrapper. Even then, wow! You know what uh, the, the uh, uh, escalation says? I got out of service in '55, and I bought a four-bedroom home in Salinas, California, for eighty-nine hundred. The cost of that. That place today is uh, five hundred and fifty thousand. I yep. went to Watsonville, bought a house for thirty thousand, which cost twenty eight thousand when that house in Salinas was built. Now it's a million five hundred thousand. The wow. other night I was listening and fifty miles from them, the rent on the houses is thirty five thousand five hundred a month. Thirty five thousand? That's what they said. Yeah. Oh how can yeah. anybody afford that? They can't even work they said that they were moving out. That's correct. What mm-hmm. I I, I live don't know in, who's making that kind of money. No one is. And especially out there. What uh I found when I was in L.A., I lived in Santa Monica. It was rent control. My apartment when I started was $952 a month. And each year it went up in increments. By the time I left, I was there for about five, six years. By the time I left, it was $1,100 plus. And um, I, I wasn't working, so it was way over my budget. And the... Um, so the, they wanted to evict me. I said, don't bother evicting me. Um, I'm going to be moving out. I'm going over to Spartanburg. And they didn't even know where that was. Neither did I. 
But the issue here was that when they got me out of there, they did not charge me for anything. I let them keep my security deposit and stuff because, you know, I had to leave some stuff there. I just couldn't get it all packed on the truck. And I came out here. The rent for that apartment jumped from 1100 to $1,500 a month. This was their rent control. So yeah. they're, they're gouging the people, and the people will – they eventually stop paying it. That's the point. Right. They just okay. stop paying Okay, the price of silver as of uh, 10, 13, 30. It's just a couple of minutes ago. Mm-hmm. It jumped nine cents to seventeen dollars and fifteen cents. So they're 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 escalating it so that there is always the de- uh, whatever demand or the challenge to get it right. Yeah. No, it's the no, but that's that's what the trading's at right now. And uh, six weeks ago. Silver was down to uh, down as low as 15. It would it would creep up to almost 16, then it would drop back down. It's uh, steadily rising now. But see, is, is well, and that may That's be the, the point of uh, with Obama coming in. They've been all saying that oh, the price of everything's going to drop. The the Dark market's going to crash and all the fear tactics that are going on. And people are going, read my fingers, okay? And uh, that's, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. But so, uh, <laughs> the one thing you do on when you're looking for junk silver, you may have a little bit of trouble finding it. Yeah. Because uh, I made a bet with my sister for $1 in silver. And I lost. The bet was that the election would be canceled, and she said it wouldn't be. She won. So I went to one of the coin dealers that I do business with and got two half dollars. Got a 1952 Denver Franklin and a 1964 Philadelphia uh, Kennedy. And uh, both coins, 90% silver, cost $18. And uh, he only had three half dollars, one quarter, and five dimes left of his supply of junk silver. Wow. No, no junk silver dollars. That's interesting. In his whole shop, that's all he had. People have been, wow. have been get, getting bought. Another thing, too, when you buy junk silver you, and you hold it, you deny it to the banks. I bought mine. Been, so Go ahead. But they've been buying. They've been buying silver in every any form they can get it. To, you know, to, for their own purposes. You know, trying to support their their banks. You know, and they're trying to stave off their own bankruptcies. Mm-hmm. But if you buy it as an individual and hold it, it's, it's no longer available to them to use that way. Ah. That's interesting. It's good for the goose, but not for the gander. Okay. You got it. <laughs> we are so lucky. Uh, but that, this is how you combat it. You yeah. just go against it. I mean, it's 
They don't have the control on it. We do. Yep. And that's what people have to really get, that we are the controllers. Um, I'd also like to uh, have people look at, I'm, as I said, I'm taking this economics class, and it's very interesting in where this gentleman is going. And uh, it's opening my eyes to a lot of ways of looking at things as economy. And I, I kind of bought some up last week with um, what, um, what economy is, the benefits or the non-benefits. Everything you do, if you could look at who is this benefiting. Before we used to say, follow the money. But we, they now know we know that. So we can now start asking the question, who's going to benefit from this? Yeah. Who's going to make the most off of this? Yes, it is uh, kind of follow the money. However, you're going to be able to see where the manipulators are. And that's the goal of what we have in mind. Because then you won't, then you will stay away from those manipulators and go to the party that is going to be uh, validative of those that come to them to buy goods and services. And that's where we will prevent the economy from crashing into the sewer. You're in charge of the economy. Each and every one of us how we buy and who we buy it from that will make the difference in what is going on around us. No one, absolutely no one, should be here to tell you what to buy or not to buy. That is none of their bloody business. And I'll bring up a for instance. The, the other day... The other day, um, I was home because, and I can't remember if it was a snow day or Martin Luther, Martin Luther King's birth. No, he wouldn't have been working on Martin Luther King's birthday. But I was home, and I, this gentleman had the meters, you know, the smart meters in his arm. And uh, I, looked at, I took one look at it and said, I'm not, I'm not taking that. So he got out his little uh, electronic thing and put it down and, and I said to Wes, you do not want this machine. It will increase your electric bill. It will be bad for Jan's health. And uh, my neighbor has a COPD and she has diabetes. It's terrible. So he wrote it all down and I t- uh, gave him a little earful of what it does to people. And so he went away. Well, yesterday I answered my phone <laughs> surprise and uh while I was at school and it was a lady wanting to get my a time when their meter person could come out and put the new meter in. I said, Lady, I don't want a new meter. I do not want any meter on this house. It's detrimental to my health. It's detrimental to the health of anybody in the house and it's the meter that's on there now has totally killed the tree in front of it. So I don't mm-hmm. want that meter on. Okay. And I, uh, she, she was a subcontractor. So I said, do you have the number where I can reach, um, um, 
what was it, um, Duke Power? I thought it would be a different number. And she said, well, yes, you can call them here. So I called Duke Power. And when I got the lady on Duke Power, I, I want you to, you want to validate me for how nice I was. I mean, I was really nice. Because usually I'm such a bitch on these things. So, <laughs> so I, um, I, I was very nice to her. And I said, I do not want this meter on my house whatsoever. It went through the same spiel as I'd done to the, uh, the other lady. She said, we'll put you on the opt-out. However, all of South Carolina, and I'm saying this for South Carolina, but look at what your state is. They're coming. All of South Carolina meters are going to be changed to this new meter, and you will have to have it on there. I said, I do not want it on. That's okay, ma'am. What you can do, you, you, it will be probably around November, because I asked a specific time. It'll probably be about November or December of this year. Then, and I'd already said something, normally they're going to charge me a fee and put a, a penalty on me. A pay pay. And then she, out of her mouth comes, first of all, she denied it, and then she comes out with, and you will have to pay eight, $150 to have this no, um, no radiation or whatever it is meter, and then you will be charged $11 per month to have it. I said, well, that right away makes me want to leave this country. <laughs> And I, well, I won't even bother with them. So it's uh, be on the alert. They are coming around. They will be wanting you to um, get yourself in the uh, chair of being on their list to have these new meters. Now, the new meters are coming where they are smart meters. She didn't deny it when I said the smart meters. I said, ma'am, I have nothing but dumb stuff in my house. I have a dumb refrigerator, dumb phone. I have dumb electricity. I have dumb everything. I want no smart. And uh, so it's important. They will come around. They are coming to the door and asking permission which is an upgrade because they got taken to court for invading and, and trespassing on people's property. So they're, they've, been, they've been affected by people saying no. <clears throat> Be sure you say no, and when they start char- wanting to charge you, you deny the payment. If it is not an electrical charge, it is a total crappy service inundation on your on you to penalize you for daring to be against the rest of them. So I'm I'm just giving you the warning and the heads up so you're aware of it. <clears throat> Any questions? <clears throat> so if you don't get the smart meters they are gonna penalize you for it then, right? What what they will do, if you don't get it at that day they come to your house, you can forestall it. 
And you may want to put a sign on it. Do not put a smart meter on this um, on this house. They will uh, opt you out. And with the opting out, it's free. When they are in total, um, their back is to the wall. And everybody has to have it. That everything thing, not everybody wants a smart meter. So they, that is where the penal, a penalty will be, that you will have to pay the 150 By then, this is where I'm hoping and want this mag grab to totally work that none of you care less what they do. And if your house bill is $11, let them suck it up. They won't make any money off you. That's my point. I've got I break to, in here. What is it? I break in here. Is that a, a, a ginger? No, he's asking if he can break in there and say something. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just uh, uh, this last week, how many people have a 401k yeah. retirement? Did you hear that? They are going to be taking you and having you to put take out your money the way they want you to do it, which gives them at, from one, one point in there is 90% of it. That's, that's the thing, because they want your money to save their ass. Before the uh, 401k is controlled by them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. So uh, this is a great point that you're bringing out, Gerald, insofar as for people to get that they must protect their money. Get your money out of 401ks, get it into silver if you can, and be able to uh, move your stuff where you're in charge, not them. Right. At the same time, though, when you take it out and put it on top of what you've made, how much money have you got left? They're going to tax it. Well, Gerald, mm-hmm. that's the point they want you to be fearful of. I'm in a tax class this semester, and I told people, I said, I'm going to have hoof and mouth disease if I, when I get through because... We're going through each of the forms and how to do it and households and all this other crap. It's voluntary. If you don't volunteer, they can't collect. And they do the fear tactic on you to make you, oh, I can't do it. They'll throw me in jail. What do you think all the cartoons were made to do to make you afraid? It's all about fear. They can, and it was said in the uh, right in one of the uh, committees that's on the YouTube. You can see it. The head of the uh, IRS, he lost his job for it, but the head of the IRS confirmed in the congressional that congressional meeting because he was pushed and pushed and pushed 
until he admitted it is voluntary. Yeah, well, this is what I was interested in, Trump. Do yes. away with the IRS. Well, when they, when they bastardized him for not paying taxes, I said, he's a businessman. He knows that the, the taxes are BS, and you learn how to go around them. You don't go paying the taxes. I always had a business when I was working full-time. It didn't make any money. I was a poor girl, not made any money. But the taxes were nothing because I didn't know what I know today. But still, I didn't pay taxes. I didn't pay any money in. I got money back, or I just said, fuck it. Pardon me. <laughs> well, you see, the, the, when you pledge allegiance to the republic, the republic has no taxes. Correct. When you your ground, you have no taxes. That comes under what? It comes under land patent. There you go. And especially with the fact that so many people have been misled on where we are with any of this. I'm working with a group that is very active in ratifying the Articles of Confederation because most of us do not realize that, or, or are learning that the Constitution that was written in a secret meeting was for putting in the taxes. It was all about, because the Confederation did not collect taxes, and the economy at that time was very high. You don't pay taxes, you are the king of your property. Correct. And, And... We're not here to say, do not pay taxes because we are the... No. Trump, when he did his taxes, he obeyed every code they had that made him not have to pay taxes. They're all there. They are all there for people to use, but because of cartoons, People have been brainwashed that, oh, oh, you've got to pay taxes. It's so, it's so important to pay taxes. Blah, 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 blah. No, it isn't. That was from 1900 on. They dumbed down the teachers. Well, we know that part, but the other side of it is the fear. I One of these videos that I was uh, listening to, and it's really helped you if you if you're just wanting to sit and listen to something, put on YouTube and go down. Let the whole series of a particular person go on and just listen. What you're learning is the issue of where we have been, how we can get out, and listening to the, that it's been done. Those people talked maybe two, three years ago. And you go, you know, that didn't happen, that didn't happen, that didn't happen. And today I got an explanation as to why they're doing what they're doing. They promised the Messiah. 
I didn't connect those dots. They promised the Messiah. By promising the Messiah, they had to uh, uh, supply him. They can't supply him. There isn't anything like that. All these people have been led down this path of the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is going to do this, the Messiah is going to do it. It's all out there. All these years we've been talking about it's inside. It's an inside job, not an outside job. And for each of us to deny that makes you're, you're, you're denying yourself. And I, I can only encourage you to validate yourself. You've, you've come so far, and this is where we're, the, the rubber is going to meet the road, and all of us are going to be tested in very short time. And I really, really want to encourage how much you know over what others know and how you're going to be able to help them and really get to the bottom of what's good for you. Not what's good for them, what's good for you. And that's where we are. And that's how we all can do better at anything. That's why I kind of throw these things in so that you're able to be your own master. You, you are the guy that, and gal that really can make the difference in your life. And here you, here you have all this um, wisdom and the, the practicality. So ask a question, find out what's going on, give yourself an opportunity. This is time to do it. I rest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pat? Yeah? Remember Hairbrush from 1955? That's exactly the one I mean. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's on uh, YouTube. Yep. It's, it's a watch, cartoon. Watch it. Go ahead. And, and the hair is spelled H-A-R-E. Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. We right. watched that in 19, uh, pardon me, 2011. I got thrown in jail, and we connected with a guy who turned us on to that, and it made a world of difference. Yeah. world of difference. And you'll see. And these guys, uh, just this... Uh, Last uh, series of uh, videos that I was watching before our program came on, we're talking exactly about what I've talked about before. Everything has been set up to divide and conquer. They even brought up the question I brought up about why are there so many religions? There's really only one God. I mean, there are 500 or 600 gods. There's only one God. And it's all about divide and conquer. Divide the churches so that the people will come in, put them on uh, 501c3s so they have no possible chance of being able to say anything like they did back in the 1800s. They were your firebrand, and they stood up against people. So it's, it's get the why. And what's the benefit? Control, fear, and the rest of it. <laughs> 
Anybody else? I rest. I just had a <clears throat> excuse me a little comment that was relating back a little ways here. <laughs> when we <laughs> mentioned when we had meant when you had mentioned something about people telling you what you can and can't buy and what you can and can't sell. Mm-hmm. Well, I had an incident just the other day. I went on Gone Green Store to buy the Mega Hydrate, which I get all the time. And I usually use PayPal just so that I don't have my actual credit card number out there. And I've found it fairly convenient. <clears throat> Most places don't, a lot of places don't use it. But anyway, Gone Green Store's been using it. Well, this last time I went, uh, it told me my account was restricted, and I'm going, what? And so I called Gone Green Store and asked them what was going on. I didn't know if it was them or if it was PayPal. And he said, well, we've quit using PayPal because they told us, they were trying to tell us we couldn't sell some of our products. I go, what? what? They said, he said, yeah, they told us we could not sell that they didn't think that we should be able to sell hemp seed. Whoa. Hemp, that, their, their hemp seed oil. Yeah, and I'm going, you've got to be kidding me. He says, nope. He said, so we've decided not to, you know, use them anymore. Good for them. And I, yeah, I'm, I was really surprised. But that's, that's the mentality. You know, people, uh, hemp seed oil, uh, they... They've got this thing in their brain that hemp is marijuana, and even yeah. if it was, who who gives a shit? You know, you don't have the right to tell me or anybody else what I can buy, what I can sell. It's not their responsibility. You know, they're just a a go through third, you know, party type of thing. It has nothing to do with them regulating what anybody can sell. <clears throat> I was so surprised about that. <laughs> I was very surprised. But that is what they're doing. They're going in and into these uh, private food uh, uh, things. They did it in uh, L.A. on what we used to call the co-op. I mean, it's still called a co-op. However, they went in and they had guns drawn and all sorts and scared the poor people. And it was all because of raw milk. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Everybody was raised on raw milk for years. I know. I know. <laughs> well, they've discovered this stuff is healthy, and they don't want us to be healthy. So get rid of all the the good stuff. When they go in and, and destroy people's farms because yep. they're growing organic food and and you know, have organic cows that's giving organic raw milk and stuff like that. When they when they go in and make you pour gasoline on your crops and burn them, it's just wrong. It is just wrong. I can't I can't even wrap my head around how people think that they can do this. It just I mean I I know it's I mean I know where it's all coming from but I, it's just wrong. <laughs> That's about all I can say is wrong. Well, the other side of that is the point that some people 
have no idea they can fight back. Much of what Monsanto had problem with was that there were farmers that they were so pushed to the wall, they refused to give him any more ground. And now they have a lot of co-ops, farming co-ops around that you cannot, if Monsanto's in the area, they will go send them to jail because of the fact that Monsanto has so um, made farming the, uh, a scourge. And now we were talking about that in economics. And get this. Now, this is going to be so much fun in economics. I've I got to get my voice better on this. In the fact that he, the pictures in our book was showing the people in France plucking the grapes by hand versus the combines that go through and pluck the grapes by machine. Now, first of all, French wine is far better than American wine. I wonder why. (laughs) So if you're all bruised and beaten up and torn by a machine, are you going to give a good drink? I don't think so. However, that is what they've done here in the States because he compared it to this country. He said, in 19, I'm going to say 1970s, he said there was something, I don't have my notes in front of me, but he said the amount of manpower on the farm in the 70s was 25 to 35%. Today, it's 2%. Now, let that sink in. Why has it gone down so much? Combines, better technology, better movement of materials, better a lot of stuff. And they think that's progress. Now, it may be progress if you're a Monsanto farm. But we people forget that we are not Monsanto's and we are being penalized for groceries that may be detrimental to our health. Well, Monsanto's already also paid some farmers to rat out other farmers that are not willing to buy, you know, grow Monsanto seeds and they wind up contaminating yep. their crops and I mean it, it's just it's horrific what they're doing. It's I you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm I I think Monsanto people should be shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go on a murderous rage here, you know, because I am so ticked off about this stuff. Well, <laughs> what what is really important is going back to what Gerald was saying earlier on the fact of uh, how much they have changed things to control it, like going in and stealing someone's motor while they're sleeping and the husband's out of town. That's 
that's corruption of the highest yep. order. And he here, said, "Can I jump in here?" Sure, go ahead. And uh, when we went into service, you could get a what we were told that you could get a 1.4 percent interest on a farm, buying a farm. But what they didn't tell you was that was on top of whatever the bank charges. Wow. See, they tell lies all the way up and all the way through. When I got out of service, I got out on the 15th and I said, what's the, what's the deal between the 16th and the 15th? Well, you didn't finish your tour of duty. We can call you back. Whoa. Here's the next part. When you went down to get a farm, which that's what I was intending to do, was that you had to have, uh, that my, my end would be 27% plus 1.4. Whoa. Interest. Another thing was that you couldn't get a, a loan unless you had $80,000 worth of new tools. What? Before you I even said, I don't started? need new tools. I got a little Ford, and maybe the guy next to me would get done by noon, and then I might have to work all night and all tomorrow to gain. But I could come out, you know. Yeah. Number one part was you used to get two eighty to three dollars and ten cents a bushel for corn. Now the the number of farmers it wasn't uh, it was like this. Uh, no, we don't want any farm other than our own, Correct. except what's next to us. Yep. Okay. Instead of being forty acres and sixty acres. It's 6,000, 8,000 acres. Yep, the, the, the farm, farm and, um, and the vehicle that you farm it with is five, 600,000. Hmm. That's right. It's the only way you can make money. That's what but they only get $3.30 a bushel now. Yep. This is this is what they've. Uh, this is uh, the economy, and uh, my little economics teacher. I think we might have to have a come to Jesus talk. <laughs> Did you hear the piece that come through here a month or so ago, saying that they have passed a law that you cannot? What was it a little while ago that you trade uh, stuff? What do you call it? Barter? Barter. Uh You cannot barter anymore. It's against the law. Yeah, yeah. They've been doing that for a while. And even on your yard sales and stuff, they want to tax that money. They also want you to have a license. Oh, that, that too, in some of the places they want licenses. And this is, again, what Orpha was saying and the other saying. What right do they have to tell you what you can and can't do? And this is where we need to keep standing up with each other 
and saying they cannot do that. Do you understand how we can do that? We can do that with electronics. They now have these what they call drones, right? Yeah, yeah. They are all computerized, right? Correct. Feed that thing the Pledge of Allegiance and the then the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and anything that anybody does outside of that. <laughs> well, that was the other point I was going to bring up, uh, Gerald, was the fact that you were saying the Constitution and uh, the Bill of Rights and everything. The, the We are not a republic. If you ever listen to some people, they keep saying... Well, we're a democracy. We're not a democracy. We you know what? When 158,000 of us took that on one place in California, how many more have already taken that oath? Yes. Every now, they, their lives was six seconds or five seconds, so six seconds on the line in Korea. And everybody, that 158,000 where I was, was all headed for Korea. Yep. Yep. For a war you didn't even want to be in. And it was all about money. So those. Uh, it was all about money. And all of these wars is all about, I think we need to set a place out in the middle there and put all of them that decide that we should have out there in the middle and see how long they want to sit there. Yep. And uh, one of the other side of that is what, what we need to keep saying. No. No. I do not consent. That's why I did this with the, uh, with the uh, smart meter. This is why it's up to you to do it with your smart meter, and that's why I'm bringing it to your attention. This, we must fight back with our own ability to say, no, I do not consent. And the electricity is free. That's why it even pisses me off more. <laughs> so um, it, it is really something I've, I've got to get the completion of that uh, uh, the mag grab so that you people have it and you don't you can tell them it doesn't matter to me now so we're, we're, we're in this to gain the best freedom we can what Trump is going to do how he's going to succeed we can only Look at what is actions will speak louder than words, and uh, Obama showed right away what we all had said: he will sell you down the stream, and he did. So it's important that we we all keep our heads, know who you are, and know you're in a republic. And as I said, here in South Carolina, we have. Um, ratified South Carolina as being part of the Articles of Confederation, where it was the people that set it up, not a corporation. So uh, we are going forward with that and making an announcement. Uh, We are getting the territories. All of those, Iowa, 
Mississippi, Indiana, all the way out to Washington, Oregon, and California are all part of the territory. So that is being done. And um, it's a it's a big boon. It'll be a big change. And it will, with this fact of Obama being of a different mindset, we might have more, more opportunities. So learn to practice saying no. I do not consent. I do not consent to that. Just quietly, I do not consent. That's why I was saying how proud you would have been because I didn't shout at him. I was very polite. I, I, I thought, oh, I did that really good. I had to validate myself because I get so upset about it. So, But um, is there anything anybody else saying? We've got six more minutes of our program, and I really want to encourage you because with the inauguration today, Things may change. Things may not. Be ready for anything. Have your ready. Can I get in here? Absolutely. You know, everybody, when they uh, used to say you went to a Rome, you had done the way the Romans do. When they come to the United States, I push that, that uh, you do what we, our Constitution says. And I used to have as high as 35 people that was foreigners, and I would tell them, and I made good friends, and they understood. But the bunches of people that they have let in here have no intentions of doing what we had to do. And I said, well, you know what? You don't have to stay here. You can go back home and and do your good thing. Here is the the uh, pledge of allegiance and the Constitution right down the row, and you either stick with it or you get out. Now we may not be able to take their life, which the uh, Lord says, and so we can maybe to get to hitch them a ride with somebody and put them out there about 700 light years away and they won't be dead. <laughs> Here, that is. But we can put white light around Washington, D.C. and white light around all of our properties and anybody that comes in with that will have a main met, uh, mind change. There you go. And, and you know, that's a brilliant point to make, um, Gerald, is the fact of putting the white light around. They, uh, they whatevers do not like light. They just don't like light. And we've all that's heard right. that. And so what we do, why we do our, our hug and our E is to put out that energy into the universe so that people really get the value of what's being said because it's helped. We have, we have not just us, but all the other little we groups around have been sending energy out. The positive has been winning, and that's where all of us can do more. I, uh, I want to... Uh, encourage you I'm, I can send some stuff out if you're interested in the next project that I'm doing 
And I just don't want to put it on the recording. Maybe I'll wait until after we're um, through with the recording so that I can encourage you onto something else that is coming our way that I'm actually being the go-to person. Not that I know the stuff, but I'm, I'm being advised on how this will help you. And it is about greater freedom. So um, I can only encourage you to be willing to open your minds, get yourself going on what else can I do that's better than this? Because everything will be better than this. So um, with that, um, I think that's about it. We're at 10.58, and I really want to encourage you to Think about that. Think where you want to go. Think what you want to accomplish for yourself this week that we're going to be tested. Trump is going to test us. We're going to test ourselves. Be ready for any of that. And you'll be able to uh, be able to um, go forward with that. I have someone calling me on the other line. That's why you're hearing that beep. <laughs> I'm on this headset, so everything goes through it. <laughs> so is there anything else anybody else wants to add to it, add to what we're saying? Well, I don't think we're hearing the beep you think we're hearing. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I wasn't certain if you heard it. I hear it, so that's cool. But I have Jerry and Gerald on, and they may hear it. Do you hear it, Gerald or Jerry? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they hear it. So we hear it in our headset. So that's good. So does anybody have any closing thoughts, what way we want to go, and what, what you want to do? Okay. I'm still trying to wake up. A lot of prayers, <laughs> a lot of prayers, a lot of prayers. Well, yep. and remember... When we end our program, we are not a religious group. We end it with the Hawaiian chant, which we feel has done a great deal to help people be more who they are. So, uh, and that's an inside job. And praying is one, one avenue, but it's not an outside job. It's not out there that they can help you. It's your inside job that'll help you. So, uh, Fortify yourself. Learn what you can. Come forward and be what you are, the best person you can be. So that's good. That's a new voice on there. Who's our new voice that just added? Okay. <laughs> that's good. Well, I just want to say, I just want to say, uh, I'm glad to hear Jerry's doing well. Oh, yes. Jerry, we're so proud you're on here. She may be resting. Gerald's on his headset. Did you fall? Are you you there, Jerry? Can, yep. Okay. He, he cool. can relay the message. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, uh, she uh, what a marked difference from when I spoke to her earlier in the week to what Jerry sounds uh, has sounded like on the call. So this is a big improvement. So I'm really proud of her. She's a go-getter young kid, only 82. <laughs> All right. So let's close up for for this week and um, look ahead. 
We've got a new president. Let's see and and be supportive. If you can be supportive, be supportive. If you can't, don't. It's your choice. You're in charge of your life. Okay. Um, um, I'd like to I'd like to add just one other little thing. I wasn't really going to bring this up, but uh, we could kind of put this out with the whole Pono Pono just in our prayers and whatnot. My daughter last Monday she went into what was supposed to have been a four-hour surgery on her right leg. She has a she had a blood clot that was went from her abdomen clear down her whole right leg in her artery. <clears throat> and they went in to bypass this. Found another blood clot in her left leg when they, she did this. Anyway, her four-hour surgery turned into 16 hours. Oh, my God. And, yeah, she... There's her... She's only got one kidney, um, and she also had a lung doctor and a heart doctor in there um, during the surgery, too, along with her kidney doctor. But anyway, everything was going fairly well (laughs) after 16 hours of surgery, if you can call that well. But um, her lungs started filling up with fluid, and... She had, um, I got that taken care of. Well, I finally had to put a breathing tube in and a feeding tube in. Today, she's going to be on 24 to 25 hours of kidney dialysis to uh, flush out all the toxins and stuff in her system. Anyway, supposedly she's, I mean, I think she'll get, she's going to get better. I, I just I just know that, but it's going to be a long haul, um, a really long haul. I'm supposed to head out there sometime, you know, first part of February. So I, you may not hear me on the calls here for a while. It's going to depend on what's going on as to whether I can, you know, get on the call or not. But she'll be going into. Well, she was only supposed to spend three days in ICU after the surgery, but it's turned out that she'll be in there for ten days now. Um, which is it's expected with a sixteen-hour surgery, it's going to take a toll on a person. So it's not, you know, the surgery that length of the surgery was unexpected, but what she's going through now isn't really unexpected. It's just trying to get the body all caught back up with where where it should be. But hmm. I just I just kinda wanted to mention that. I'm I've been going crazy here for the past week <laughs> trying to, you know, be so far away. It's well she's my stepdaughter and her mom is out there with her right now, which is which is good. But I um if you wanna know what she's been going through you can um like Google uh Lareach syndrome. It's something like L E I R C H E or something like that. Um she's had this blood clot I guess for about twenty years. 
and we God. couldn't figure out where she was getting all these blood clots from, and <clears throat> they weren't looking for it in her because she was uh, young. People just don't really get it. Although I have heard of three people, you know, in her age type group that has had this, but it's usually something that is found in the elderly, from what I understand. So they weren't looking for it. It just happened to be that there was a doctor that figured it out. And so now she's able to get the surgery and and take care of it. <clears throat> but basically what they do is they bypass that artery that has the blood clot. I guess the body will just, you know, disintegrate it and take care of it. But I don't know what they use to bypass it with, but <clears throat> they also had to get into her left leg to figure out... They couldn't get a, a pulse in her leg and her foot, in her left leg. And it turned out that they found a blood clot there that was stopping that. So she's had quite a few blood clots. <laughs> it's uh, totally amazing. Somehow or another, the past yeah. 20 years, her, her body has figured out how to bypass or go around or at least get blood flow through in her right leg. What were you going to say, Jerry? Well, I think it's amazing what the body can do on its mm-hmm. own when there's a problem and it it yep. can't quite face the problem. Like you're saying, it, it's managed to go around somehow. Right. On my, bro- wait, wait. On my brother, he had a stroke, and that would be Lola's father. And he's deceased now, but a vein found its own way to go around because it was blocked. Yeah. And it managed they, to, you know, take the journey it had to take on its mm-hmm. own. Yeah, and some somehow or another, my daughter's body figured that out. But yeah. now I'm glad we were able to get the surgery done to because when you think about it, from your abdomen clear down to your foot, your artery, that whole thing was blocked with a blood clot. I can't even oh. imagine. I mean, that is a huge, huge blood clot, you know. And and for her body to compensate getting around that all these years, you know, it was like, okay, we'll take care of it. One of these days, somebody will figure it out, and you'll help, you know. But uh-huh. so I'm, I'm really glad that somebody did discover it, and now she's had the surgery. Although we weren't planning on 16 hours for her, but it it it, it is what it is, and she's through well, the now surgery. It's now we're just trying to recovery. Get, right, get the get the healing and the recovery. We were. Th- you know, they were telling us that, you know, should have four hours surgery, which at that time we were thinking it was a long time. Yeah. Should be three three days in ICU, and then she should go to a regular room for about the rest of the week, and then she could go home. Well, uh. after a sixteen-hour surgery and everything else is, you know, going on now, she's, you know. Or she's looking at going to someplace else to, you know, for rehab, which is fine. Um, You know, 
her mom and I were planning on doing her recovery at home, but now we'll just be visiting in the rehab, which to me I think is better because there's more qualified people to be helping her with this re- rehabilitation. Because my understanding, <clears throat> after the surgery, there's going to be an extreme amount of pain. Um to get, you know, back. But the doctors say that once she gets totally healed, she's going to feel like a new person. She's, it's going to be better than ever. So <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I just keep that in mind. Go ahead. Will come from you. You know, a soft touch, a loving word, a gentle you know, uh, uh, being around her and knowing, she knowing how much you love her is going to be the best healing she can have. Yep. Well, right now, all I can do is do that long distance, and I'm being powerful there. But, you know, I can't wait to get out there so that I can actually do that, you know. Right. How far do you have to go? Well, I live in Illinois and she's in Arizona, so. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, We'll get you there in about four hours, right? I think it's even less than that. I don't know. I've never flown straight to Phoenix, but I think I'm going to be trying to figure that one out this time. I don't know. I'm I'm flying a I'm trying to fly Allegiant because I found out they can fly right. They fly right out of Peoria here, which is like a hop, skip, and a jump for for me instead of driving all the way up to Chicago. Mm-hmm. But I'm fi- I was wanting to fly into the Provo, Utah airport, which they claim is one of their airports. But I'm not finding any flights going in and out of Provo. <laughs> I'm going. No, why do you? No. Why do you? Why do you list it as an airport if nothing's going to or from it? So I'm going to try and get a hold of the airport and see, you know, ask them directly. You know, because when you go on there and and start checking, they give you, okay, these deals. Well, maybe I'm, yeah, I'm looking for a deal, but right now I just want to see if you have a flight there, you know. (laughs) For me right now, a deal would be to be able to fly out of Peoria instead of, drive two hours to Chicago first, find a place to park my car. I really didn't want to leave it there for a month and a half. So, you know, normally I would have left it at my brother's and he would take me to the airport, but my brother's moved out to Utah now. So I can't can't do that now. So, so now I'm trying to figure out, well, if I can, but Allegiant flying out of Peoria does fly straight to uh, the Mesa, uh, they call it Mesa Phoenix, but I think it actually goes to Mesa, which is about an hour, hour and a half for my sister to come pick me up. Um, there is an airport right in Phoenix, but that's not the one that Allegiant uses. So, I don't know, I'm just going to have to do some fancy finagling. I don't know if flying to Mesa and then flying from there into if, if then I could get a flight into Provo, I'm not sure. It's really being 
complicated all of a sudden to get in there. You know, I was thinking, oh, yeah. great, I can fly right from Peoria to Provo and then fly to Provo to Phoenix, and I'm all done. Hell no. <laughs> 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 that's not the way it's gonna work. So anyway, but anyway, I just, I just, like I said, I wasn't gonna bring my daughter up, but I decided I would. So I'm just glad she, she made she's, it. She's in a. They they've had to keep her. Well, she was getting so agitated when people would come in. She was, I guess, at one point she called her mom, which I don't know how she did that, but she called her mom and said, the nurses are being mean to me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so she was getting real agitated, and so they had to, they really medicated her up, I guess, last night <clears throat> to make sure she got some sleep. Yeah. And um, But then she's supposed to be in dialysis. I haven't heard anything yet, but she's supposed to be in dialysis all day today, which... I don't know how long dialysis usually lasts for people, but for me, hours. 24 hours seems like a long time. Usually, they don't keep them on for long hours. They, you know, find out how it's working and not, and then take you off, maybe put you on again, but not for long, long hours. Oh. Yeah, but I mean, they they said they're going to be having her on dialysis for, you know, 24 hours, 24 to 25 hours. So it might be an on-off, on-off, on-off thing. I don't know. But her her schedule today is to be on dialysis all day. So I, you know, I'm not out there. And this is what, it's so nerve-wracking to be here and have to rely on somebody else telling me information i'm i'm not real good with that <laughs> I, I like to get detailed first-hand information i just way my it's where i am but so it's very hard for me to sit here and wait to hear something you know mm-hmm. so what is I, the name of your what is it your granddaughter or no, my she's my stepdaughter. Um, stepdaughter. What is her name? Her name is. <clears throat> well, we we've always called her Chrissy. It's short okay. for her middle name, Christine. But her, what she's going by now is Jennifer, and her married name is Johnson. So, but when you see it on Facebook or something, if you get on Facebook, I don't know. Um, you'll see her being called Chrissy, but it's Jennifer Johnson. Um, Chrissy is, is her name. Her mom is Sharon Stone King, which if you, you know, get on Facebook and, and search for her, you'll, you'll, you know, see all the stuff. But, um, but anyway, it's Jennifer, Chrissy, whichever, you know. Okay. Well, I I don't get on Facebook, but my daughter does, so I'll mention it to her. Thank you. Yeah. I don't don't get on Facebook that much either. I mostly watch Facebook to 
see what my kids are up to because that's the only way I find out if, you know, they don't, like, they don't call me very much. So I follow them on Facebook to try and see what they're up to. Um, but so I haven't really put anything on my page about this. Um, just, I just, I'm, I don't know. I never have liked putting my whole life story out there on Facebook. Um, some people like to do that, but her mom has put this all on Facebook and she thought I was on Facebook daily, you know? Um, and so she thought I was getting all this information and I was panicking the day after her surgery because she had told me that, um, they were having to close and they were the next day they were going to go back in and finish up the surgery. Cause at that time she had already been in surgery for like 13 or 14 hours, you know, 12 mm. hours, something like that. Well, the next day I wasn't hearing anything, you know, she had been texting me back and forth, let me know what was going on. And all of a sudden I'm not hearing anything and I'm panicking. I'm going, why won't anybody answer me? <laughs> Tell me. And then, and then, and then she finally let me know that you know that she was putting this on Facebook, you know, and I didn't know that, mm. you know. And so now I can you know go to Facebook and kind of see if there's updates, but you know, because she's got people calling her and texting her, just gobs and gobs and gobs of people. So I. I know it has to be rough on her to try and keep up with all of that. She said, so I de- she decided to post it on Facebook, other than, you know, some of the more intimate details she's not putting up there because kids read it and everything else. So she's not going into fine detail. But um, the major update she's putting on there. But, um, you know, I don't get on Facebook like that. I... I just don't. <laughs> and so to have to try and, you know, I don't know, I think it's just a little impersonal myself, but I know with that many, dealing with that many people, you can't text that many people. It just uh, should go oh, crazy. Yeah. You know, should go crazy. She said, Orpha, my, my phone is like at 30% all day, you know, because I got so many people texting, so many people calling. So I I just decided to put it on Facebook, and that way I could reach more people. And so I understand that. You know, that is yeah. perfect. You know, I told her, that is, okay, now I know. I won't, you know, if if you at least, but if you could at least throw me a bone every now and then, I won't <laughs> chew on the toes, you know. <laughs> she she texted back, LOL, you know. <laughs> it was kind of funny, but, you know, I was really panicking. You know, I was about in tears yeah. because oh, I exactly. didn't know what happened to my daughter, you know. Yeah. I mean, I helped raise this girl from five years old. She's my daughter. Oh, um, yeah. You know, it's no it's no different than if you went out and adopted a child, you know. She's my daughter. Yeah. And I I do try not to take away from her mom, you know. Um you know, she's her mother. She 
It's not like she's abandoned her or anything like that. So, you know, I don't want her to feel like I'm stepping in and stepping on toes. But she has to realize, too, that I, I love this girl. I have from the day I met her. And we bo- we've bonded, you know. And, I and of course, over the years, you know, um, you know, we've we've gotten along. My my husband used to say, you know, if it weren't for the circumstance, you two could probably be friends. Well, I always looked at her as my ex-wife too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I have an I have an ex-wife, you know. Yeah. But um, but you know, we 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 have we do get along really well, and I, we kind of got thrown together because they were so mad at each other when they first you know, broke up that I was, my husband would put me on the phone to communicate with her. <laughs> this is a little awkward. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we, we kind of, we kind of got thrown together real quick there, you know, but, but over the years, you know, we've, we've, uh, well, especially ever since my husband passed away, um, you know, we've kind of become friendly. In fact, she said that, Someone, you know, some of her friends commented on, wasn't that a little strange to be friends with your ex-husband's wife? (laughs) She goes, yeah, but, you know, that's the way it is, you know, we're okay with each other. So, anyway, so we do, we get along, which is good, because, you know, I'm, especially in a situation like this with, with our daughter, that, you know, we're... We're going to have, you know, when I go out there, she's going to have to pass the baton to me, you know, and take over where she's having to leave off. And then she'll be back here. She lives here in Illinois also. She'll be back here. She has to go back to work February 15th. So I have to be out there, help take care of the kids and, and whatnot. And. By that time, I imagine she's going to be in rehab, um, you know, but then going over there and, you know, this is like all deja vu for me for when my husband was sick and when my mother-in-law was, you know, going through rehab with her stroke and all this kind of stuff. It was just, it's just, oh, my head is spinning because I've I've been here, done that. I'm going through it again, you know. I'm going to go visit it again. So it's just been, I guess I had to vent today. So my dear friends here, here, I know I could do that. So Mm -hmm. thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing it, though, because uh, so often we forget and I know you're going in February, but I don't think I didn't keep the date of when she was going into the operation. So I am glad you shared it with us because that keeps us tuned in and we can send you energy. And that's what this is all about, is sending energy to each other. So actually yeah, get the support. Yeah, I, and I'm actually planning on trying to leave like the 31st, which okay. is, so I'll still be here next Friday, um, but I can give you an update as to if I'm going to okay. be walking or flying. She's got to walk or not. I may have to start now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
No rush. No rush, girlfriend. No rush. <laughs> Take my slow, slow, uh, slow sweet time. But yep. You could do it on a moped. Yeah, if I just had one. Hey, I've got my exercise bike here in my house. You think I'll make it there? <laughs> yeah, you will. Ride really fast. <laughs> <laughs> make the corners. That's the important oh, I thing. Had, on yeah, and I just, just one last <laughs> funny thing. I had my grandbabies over here yesterday, which light of my life. Um, they saw this, you know, exercise bike and. Oh, my grandson, he couldn't, you know, leave it alone. But he's too short to use it, so he can't do anything on it, but he kept crawling on it. My granddaughter is just big enough that she can touch the pedals and reach the handles and, you know, try and work the pedals. It was so funny watching her talk about a full-body workout. This girl... <laughs> watching a, a Spider Man or something, you know. Her legs are going and her arms are going and her whole body is twisting to try and pedal this thing. And it was so comical. I wish I should have gotten a picture of it. Like it's still <laughs> broke here, but it was so funny because and she would just keep going and going and going, and I'm going, "You're exhausting me just doing." That. <laughs> I get on it and pedal it for a minute, and I got to get off, but thank goodness I'm home because that was the problem with my bicycle because I'd get, you know, two blocks away, and I was too tired to pedal back home. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> but anyway, exactly. I just had to share that. I I, I wish I, you – I don't know if you can get the picture in your mind as to what this little five-year-old girl's <laughs> looked like trying to pedal <laughs> exercise bike but it was so cute because she can't sit on the seat and pedal so she's standing I'm going to have to get off of the phone now okay yeah Yeah, I'm done I'm done so I'm sorry that's all right. let's give a whole whole phone call I'll be praying for her for sure okay bye 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 Gary and Gerald we'll give them We'll give thank y'all you. a hug. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you too. <laughs> there we go. So let us do our ho-ho-pono and include Jerry and Gerald so that they get all the good energy we have here. And uh, all of us remember what's going on with uh, Orpha's uh, daughter in the in Nevada. No, no. I'm looking at o- Collins' thing. It's not Nevada. It's Arizona. So. Arizona. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> right away. And her, name, and her name is Chrissy. If you, if it makes it easier, Chrissy. Okay. <clears throat> and let let's just give her one big hug too with all our stuff that we're going through. So uh, let's start with if, or for, if you wouldn't mind started because we we'll yeah. miss you when you're not here. So. Yeah. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. Sorry. Thank you. 
Thank you. I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. Colin, do you want to do it? Okay, let's do it again. I I can do it if you want. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you. How, how, how. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How, how, how. There we go. And so let's spread our arms out and include Arizona and anybody else that is ill or even partially ill and have them get wellness into their body and well thoughts and keep growing with their wellness because wellness is what we're here for. What The health and wellness is what we are here as the golden agers. And we want to spread that to all across the country and to help Jerry with recovering faster and faster from her stroke and gives her the energies and the repairing of her body so that she and Gerald keep on going. Those are like the the Goodyear bunny or whatever that bunny is. Keep on going no matter what. And that's what we're proud of because each and every one of us have that ability. So let's keep going. Yeah? I was just going to, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was going to say it's the Energizer Bunny. But anyway, I want to include in that list of um, people to send our energy to, the ones that seem to keep being put on, well, I don't want to say ignored or on the back burner or, you know, whatever, but it's the caregivers. The caregivers of the people that are sick, I are not really acknowledged because but and the what they're going through is exhausting. Yes. That's the best word I can find is exhausting. And it's trials <laughs> talk about trials and tribulations, you know, but they are the forgotten forgotten warriors, I guess you could call them. Um of the healing systems, so I just wanted to add that. That's a great point. I'm glad you did because it's so important that all those energies that are put out because of people loving to give, and we can give and we can give, receive more willingly to give away what we want more of. So that's a great point. So I want to uh, encourage everyone that this is this is the art of giving. And the art of giving is a value that all of us can use. So with that, let's spread our arms out and give that energy you totally want people to receive. And so they get more of it and you get more of it. It's such a wonderful circular motion. So on the count of three, we're going to give out with Patty's wonderful way of which she taught us. 
the high E. One, a two, a three. E. All right, well done. And let me get the recording <clears throat> off. And then. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.